Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. This is week three or four of July in the year 2020. I don't even know if that's the right right one, but whatever. This is Asinine Radio, the music podcast. Uh, we're going to get through all the boring stuff right now. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Don't be a Bocephus. Don't give us a one-star rating and review. Give us a five-star rating and review because it's all that really matters. Uh, go send us an email, asinineradio at gmail.com. Our social media is all at, at asinine radio. Ah. At get into it. Now, Jeff, now that we're done with the boring stuff, let's uh, let's get into our fearless beer review. What do you got? Okay. Well, yeah. Reach down into my knapsack. All right. All right, all right, all right. So I don't know if I had this on the pod before, but I, I didn't check it in on Untapped, so I don't think I have. But it's, it's a Mythos or a Mythos. Okay. I don't think you've had Sound it. Sound familiar? I, I had it when I was out there, but I don't think you've had it on the pod. So I think you're okay. safe there. All right. Well, uh, I, I think it's some type of Greece beer, Greek beer. Um, 4.7%. And I don't know, man. It looks cool. And I, I know it tastes good because I've had it before. And it's got a pull tab instead of like a twist mm. cap or a pop cap. One of those you old know, like school, those, uh, like the ones we had in, in Switzerland and stuff. Like yeah, that style. I like that. That's cool. So that's that's fun. really cool. Yeah. Is it is it a can or a bottle? Uh, it's a okay. bottle. I think it is big beer though. It's distributed by Carlsberg or even owned by Carlsberg, yeah. possibly. That is big beer. But um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, that's what I got. Right. Well, I got uh, what I have here is something new, and I bought it simply because its name. It's a, it's called Kolsch 4.5, and uh, it's if you can't tell it's a col it's a Kolsch style ale from uh, Logston Farmhouse Ales up in Washington, Washougal, Washington. This brewery started back in uh, 2009. It's fairly popular up there, I think. Uh, it's 4.5 ABV. This Kolsch 4 4.5. Um, it says it's a straw-colored, light and refreshing Kolsch style ale, brewed with European and North American malts, German saffir hops, and unique German ale yeast. So yeah, mm. I'm surprised they haven't got sued yet by Colt 45. So <laughs> there you go, because they even like use the font and and all that shit and the likeness of it. So I'm surprised they haven't got sued or cease and desist. Is that still a? Are, like, do they still make Colt 45s? Yeah. Oh yeah, I see it every once in a while. I always try to pick it up when I see it though. Why? Because man, you got it. You got it. It oh, works every time. You know that. <laughs> That's the only reason why. Sometimes you just do things just for no reason, right? Yeah, but that's that. It has more of a reason than some of the things that you do, like putting a quarter on my record stylus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's just dumb. 
But yeah, my Colch 4.5, 4. um, our boy Raul did not, he has not reviewed this, so I got nothing there. The average rating on there is like a four, is 4 out of 5 on Beer Advocate. But I think that's about it. Uh, do you want to you want to taste this stuff? Do you want to yeah. do it good? My, I popped it up and it started foaming, so I had to, I had to you adjust. Had to, you had to put your mouth over it? I did. I had to put my mouth over No, you put it sideways. No, you put your mouth over it. I know what you do. All right, here we go. Here we go. Yep, that's a good lager. Mm, That's a good colch. Colch. Have you had a coffee colch? I have, and it was really gross. Oh, they're so good. I got one at, um, uh, what was that one place out in Arizona? The video game uh, bar? The Grid? Yeah, The Grid, when we went there. It didn't say that it was like a, a coffee one, but it tasted just like coffee, and it was... Awful. That was the first time I had coffee calls was that night, and it's it's by Hus Brewing, and it's so fucking good. Mm. But this 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 Mythos beer has one hundred thirty six thousand check ins on Untaps, and it's averaged three point zero one. This is good. <laughs> this is I think I feel like that rating is strictly just because it's big beer. And it's a lager, right? Yeah. Okay. It's solid though. It's, it's dry, but it's not. I'm not like wanting water. It's got a little <laughs> bit of sweetness to it. It's fine. Yeah, I would sound. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've had it. Whether I don't know if it was at your house or just in general, but I'm pretty positive I've had it. I just realized, like the the character's a unicorn. They're they're insignia. They're what do you call it? Their mascot. What am I trying to get out here? The label. Their yeah, their label or their their mascot would be would be right. Mascot, man, whatever. It's it, lo- it looks like a unicorn. So that's and cool. It makes sense, like Pegasus. Yeah, it's Greek Greek mythology. I don't yeah. Know. Oh, mythos, mythology, mythos, myth. Wow, Tyler, dude, I'm I'm the smartest one on the pod now. Smartest on the pod. I win, you lose. All right, so we have a three point rating system here with our beer for our fearless beer review. Where three is a perfect beer, two is a bad or is a good beer. You're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a, a try. And then zero is a drain pour. It's just. Not even a sink would want to drink that. That's how bad it is. So, <laughs> what would you uh, what would you rate your your mythos your mythos beer? This is easy two point five. This is this is good. This is delicious. It's mm. light. It's refreshing. I, I don't feel full again. It's dry, but I don't I don't need water after it's taken a couple sips. It's got a little bit of sweetness in the tail end. I like okay. it. I don't care if it's big beer. It's good beer. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm with you. I don't. Just because it's big beer doesn't automatically make it bad. Correct. It still tastes delicious. I mean, look at Budweiser. Tasty. Mm. A tasty treat for everyone. Yeah, I, was, I was taking a sip of my beer. I almost had to spit it out when you said that. Tasty treat for everyone. Tasty what do you got, treat for everyone. What do you got, um, what do you got for your backies? Oh, I got week? plenty of backies. Mm, what do you got? What, what do you think I got? Uh, you have a great white because, you know, you always do. Um, it's, a Hutton, it's an HH, Hutton... Um, I don't even know what I was going to... I don't even know what I'm trying to fucking say. Uh, and then you also have a Coors Light with lime or a Bud Light Lime. One of those two. Okay. Yeah, Am no, right? that's that was close. I have no great white. We do have some in the fridge, but I do not have some with me right now. Okay. We actually bought a 30 block of Coors Light, a 30 block of Bud Light, and a 30 block of Miller Light the other day. Why? Um, I don't know, because they're cheap. Like fucking 40 cents a can or something like that, and... We'll drink them eventually. 
And they're good in between beers. If I'm drinking like stouts, I don't want to just go boom, 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 bing, bang, boom, bada, boom. I need like a like a an in between drink. I need, yeah. But I don't want to just drink water like a chump. So I drink water with a little bit of alcohol in it. But Bud Light. But but today I have Bud Light. Bud Light. <laughs> so I have Bud Light with a little side of limes. But uh-huh. I also have a Bud Light lime and a Corona Light. Gross. So it's all limey today, baby boy. Oh my god, that's disgusting. No offense to our English friends. (laughs) You know what you should do? You should buy a 30 block or at least a 12 pack, one 12 pack of Budweiser, one 12 pack of Coors Banquet, and then one 12 pack of MGD. (laughs) Dude, MGD is, I'm pretty sure I could tell MGD. MGD has long been like the most disgusting one out of all of them. Yeah, it is. Or actually, okay, instead of MGD, get uh, Miller High Life. It's better. Better than MGD. MGD reminds me of like an ashtray. Yeah, right. It always reminds me of that. I don't know why. I don't. It's not really the taste. It just reminds me of it. I think the way it looks. As and, kids, as kids, yeah. whoever's like parents, friends' house you went to, they always would use a MGD can as an ashtray. That's true, but not only that, but I feel like people who always smoked growing up and drank beer would always drink MGD. At least around me, like family members. No fucking and shit like taste that. buds. That's but also, like that. the the label is like black and gold, and it's very, it's very like, I don't want to say outdated because I like it, but it's outdated for lack of a better <laughs> word. So it kind of has that whole that old like old timey cigarette smoking person. So I don't Ugh. know. But yeah, MGD's not not the best. Go go Miller High Life. Just do it. No, I'm not going to do either. Champagne of beers. <laughs> All right, my my coach four point five. Out of our three-point rating system, I'm going to give this a 1.8. Damn. Yeah, I don't really like it. It's very lemony, very su- not sweet, just like like a lemon. It's just gross. It doesn't. It's not very refreshing. I I like Colch beers too, but this one just doesn't do it for me. Interesting. Hmm. So I'm glad I only bought one can of it. From, That's uh, good. From local liquor store, Mr. K's. He has a shit ton of beer. You were there a couple weeks ago. I was. You came to town wide selection of beer and he lets you just take if it's like a six or four pack of cans he'll just let you take like one off of the the pack and just buy that single which i thought think is really cool Dude, so that's, that's how what i like, do with this colch that's how you stay in business and get more business and become the staple of of like go-to as far as craft beer liquor stores are concerned Dude, he just, really has the best selection. just like hooking up your customers being there for them it's like it's like, it's all the little things, it's all the small things, as our yeah. boy says. <laughs> it's true, our boy Tom. Ah, oh, he's the best. He's the best. So yeah, I'll give this one a, a one point eight out of three. I will never go back to it. I probably wouldn't even recommend it to people. Just that's 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 pretty good. high rating to not want to recommend it to somebody though. Because it's not. I mean, it's drinkable. Because I'm gonna finish it. I'm not gonna. <sighs> okay, I'll give it a one point five. You talk me down. You talk me down. One point five. Was it? Did I have that drain pour on the pod the last time? We were, yeah, you had that did, one. Yeah, that was that, that was one of the worst I've ever read in my life. What was it again? What? What? It was a stout with what? It was a stout, but it was it was uh, it had high hop value. So, oh, okay. Just imagine like a hoppy beer and then in stout form. Yeah, that's <laughs> that just sounds fucking awful. It was very fucking awful. All right. Well, my backies this week. I got some Kurs Light. Uh, Whoa, you ain't limes? I have no, I know because limes are disgusting. 
Um, and then I have some buddies, of course. You got to have some buddies in the house. And then um, I have a Pliny the Elder I got today in Mr. Cruz as well. So I think I might drink that Pliny next, or I'll probably drink it. I'll probably drink it when uh, when we start the uh, the Aqua episode to to get me all pumped for that because I also need something to like take away this taste from the Colch. So I'll probably have a Cruz Light between between this and the the Pliny. But you know, honestly, like. If I was at a bar and my only options on tap were Pliny mm-hmm. and then they had like Coors Light on tap, but they had a bunch of limes, I I would go with the Coors Light with lime. You're such a... I'm just knucklehead. not... I don't... There's, I don't know, man. The Pliny's good. It's good. Yeah. Oh, it's good. But it's overrated. It's completely overrated. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, I don't go out of my way to find it, but Mr. K's always has it. There's never been a time that I've gone there where they don't have it. No matter what day of the week. I mean, normally he gets shipments on Thursdays, sometimes Wednesdays, and it's a Monday right now. And he still had a shit ton of planes. So he's always got them there. Mr. K is in Placentia. Placentia, Placenta. California. Yeah, go check it out. He's, he's awesome. He's an awesome dude. All right. Toy. You ready, you ready to move on to some vinyl talk? And then that'll bleed into our songs of the week. Yeah, let's, good talk, to you? let's talk about vinyls. Let's talk about vinyls. Let's talk about our haul this week. We each, uh, we each went out, uh, probably spent a little bit more money than we should have. Uh, I know that that was definitely my case. Yeah. So do you want to go first? I mean, you usually go first. It's usually a teacher's pick. But so. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I so can go you, first. Got? So my new, my new strategy is I'm only going to go over the ones that I listened to this week because I did get a box of vinyls from my mom. And so there's a lot in there that I need to still listen to. Yeah. So I'm only going through things that I listen to. Even though I bought some things that I have not listened to yet, I will, I will go over those when I listen to them. Okay. 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 <laughs> so, so the first thing was, was The Grateful Dead. And I've, I've never been a big, I've, I've never been a deadhead. I just never really got into them, never, never kind of understood it. But um, I have like four albums by them. So I, so I dug into. Their their album is called Oxo Mox Oa. Okay, it's just a big palindrome album thing, but um, it's fucking good, man. It is so good. What makes it good? I, didn't you say it was like psychedelic rock? Yeah, it's just it's very it's very psychedelic. It's very bluesy. It's 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 kind of like all encompassing. A lot of different genres are being thrown in there. A lot of different instrumentation. Just a lot of things going on. But it just it takes its time. It's very slow. It's it's it fully explores all of the concepts they're trying to throw out. And okay. I'm pretty damn excited to get more into the Grateful Dead because of it. But they they probably have like what thirty records or something. Yeah, like they that. got a million out there. <laughs> I don't know. Grateful Dead are you know they're they're the band for me that I've I've always wanted to get into but just didn't know where to start. It's like them and. Frank Zappa are the two artists that I've always, always wanted to jump into. But even like looking it up, you, you, you'll type into Google like the top five Frank Zappa records and everybody has differing opinions. So it just, it kind of sucks because I don't know a good starting point. It's well, really tough. Same with Grateful as, Dead. As far Same as like Deadheads and, and Grateful Dead stuff, this is, um, this is one of their better ones. As far as every, I mean, you look at just Google any like, best albums of all time list or whatever and this album is always on all of their lists okay i mean i'll check this one out. i meant to i meant to check it out when you told me about it a few days ago but i forgot sorry 
It's okay. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. It's I'll okay. get into it. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll get into it. Um, the next several, I don't want to talk about. I just kind of interesting, I guess. I have Janet Janis Joplin's greatest hits. <sighs> Never been a fan. I, I I get it. Her voice is is pretty unique. It's uh, it's it's very it's very R and B style with some with some good raspy rock. But I thought you said uh, you liked it. No, I I, I mean I like I like uh, was it break a piece of my heart or a piece of my heart? I don't even like that song. But you don't like that song? Not really. Oh no, God, I've never been a Joplin head. No, I don't. I just can't stand her voice. Yeah, it's just it's can't just whatever. do it. Yeah. Uh, another one I got it's, it's it's somebody by the name of Julie Brown. Never heard of her. This is straight like eighties, like goofy pop. In the wait, same like, vein. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like downtown Julie Brown from MTV. I don't know. MTV her. VJ. Is that her? She was she was one of the you know she was one of the original VJs on MTV and that's the only Julie Brown I know. I mean so that's maybe, a, that's a pretty generic name, but there's quite possible this is the same girl and that would be insane. I didn't look her up at all because her music was stupid, but <laughs> I got this for free and I listened to it and and her music is very goofy and she did um oh my gosh she did some music for I had it and now I lost it for 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 um. Earth Girls Are Easy from the 80s, that, that, that movie from the 80s. Have you heard that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So she did some of the, some songs for that movie. And similar to like Little Pet Shop of Horrors or the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where they're very theatrical, musical numbers type of thing, that's what this album is very much like. And it's actually an EP. There's only like four mm. or five songs. And I don't know, it's kind of cool. I'll never listen to it again, probably. <laughs> Just uh, go donate it. Go donate it to... Goodwill or something? I would no. I would never do that at Goodwill. I, I at minimum, I would just find somebody that that likes collecting records and give it to them. But nah. And then I got a Buddy Holly one. I listened to Buddy Holly. It's it's kind of like a compilation of 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 songs that he did. That should be cool then. Was Early cool? on, no, it was really cool. But it was so he he did a bunch of songs and then he got signed with Decca Records. And then he blew up and became big. But all the stuff that he kind of did before he got signed, I think this is a compilation of all those songs in like their their raw form. So before they were they were kind of remastered and everything. So it was it was definitely a cool listen. And I didn't recognize any of these songs, but um, they were all pretty damn cool. And I, I it was it was a good it was a good listen. I had a good time. Hmm. All right, that's cool. Bobby Darren, remember Bobby Darren? We talked about him on the pod before. He does that song "Beyond the Sea." He was he was uh, he he was one of the guys from from like the fifties and sixties who did a lot of like the the Sammy Davis Jr. Frank Sinatra type oh, singing. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. And yeah. later on in life, he found out that his grandmother was really was his mother mom or something. Or something. Like no, his sister was his, really his mom. Was it a? Oh, that's yeah. what it was. Not an and aunt, it, but it, it was a it like yeah. Really fucked him up mentally, and and he had he had some some like sickness as a kid, and so he was always sick, and he just had a really really young life. So that yeah, was, that's, that's it was, it was a good listen. Yeah, it was it was yeah whatever. And it was it was a good listen. It was a good <laughs> listen. It was a good listen. <laughs> All right. Cool, one cool. guy, one guy, was pretty surprised at how much better I thought, how much better it was, than I thought it was gonna be. It was Elvis Costello. So I've I've like eight albums by Elvis Costello, which I was not looking forward to listening to, just because I've heard maybe one song by him that I can remember, and I don't like it. But I listened to his first two <laughs> albums, "My Aim Is True" and "This Year's Model," 
and they're pretty fucking good, man. What do you What do you like about it? Because I don't I don't know. I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know any really anything by Elvis Costello. This guy like seems to bridge the gap of of 50s Buddy Holly style music and then incorporating a lot of rock and roll into it. But then also almost every like indie rock band that I like completely took from the, from this guy. Like you can hear so much. I know you don't like them or like a lot of these bands, but like the strokes and, and, and all of these like generic indie rock bands, like dude, they, he does that same sound, but so much better. And there's so many different layers and it's, it's actually really fucking good. And I was I was really happy that I listened to it because I was dreading it, but it, but he came through. My boy came through. I know a friend of the pod, Annie. That's like one of her favorite musicians is Elvis Costello. So I know I've I've heard him in like throughout the years, riding in her car, but I don't I just don't recall anything for some reason. I don't know. It's but Annie fucking loves him. She saw him a couple years ago too. It's definitely like forgettable music in that there's not a lot of strong melodies where once the song is over, you're still humming it. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, as those albums are a whole and, and conceptually, they're they're pretty damn good. All right. All right. I'll take your word for it. Um, Bob Dylan, bringing it all back oh, home. Oh, God. I'll, Most I'll, overrated I'll, fucking guy ever. <laughs> I guess I'll skip that <laughs> one real quick. Uh, I got another thing. <laughs> it's it's music from Empire, Empire Strikes Back. It's it's from some Oof. company or some band or some, some thing called Miko, M-E-C-O. And they mm-hmm. play music from Empire in the style of disco. Oh God, I remember you telling me about that. And so uh, it's it's on side one. It's got Empire Strikes Back medley of Darth Vader and Yoda's theme, and then the next song is the Battle in the Snow, and the next song is the Force theme, and the last side two is just this whole medley of like the entire music of Empire in disco format. And let me tell you, man, it is fucking good. It is fantastic. Oh, I thought you were going to say awful. <laughs> it is so awesome. I listened to it fucking three times. Couldn't get enough of it. It is so good. Oh my God. How was the battle? Was it battle in the snow, right? Yeah. How was that? Was that one really good? That one was good because it still kept kind of the intensity of that battle. Oh man. That's was, one of my favorite solid. songs in the whole movie and all the three movies. I love that. If it wasn't for like the Star Wars part of it, I probably wouldn't like this. But I think even you would like this disco. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not a disco hater. Just there's not a lot of good <laughs> stuff out there. I mean, the Village People like is is as far as it goes. Is, is as far as I go disco wise. You like Casey and the Sunshine Band? Oh, that's true. Yeah, Casey. And the, yeah, the, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. Right. I'm always fucking right. Fuck out of here. Stand and uh, the the next two are 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 jazz. I got Th- Th- Thelonious Monk. His album Crisscross, and then which is I really listened. That was fantastic, fantastic piano player. Was that in your uh, in the bin that you got? No, this was one that I saw. Um, I was I was actually looking for a couple other records, but the place that I go to, uh, Uncle Aldo's Attic. He he only love that name. Keeps like original pressings or like first edition reissues. I guess mm-hmm. is that even like a thing? So I, mean, I understand what you mean. So when you go into his record store and you see there was there was like a Miles Davis record that was like fifty five dollars. Fuck that! And I was like, damn, dude, like why is it so expensive? He's like, oh, it's the fucking first pressing, like that's the first one that came out. I was like, oh shit, well that's cool then I guess. And it was mono and it's supposed to be fantastic. So this this Thelonious Monk one, crisscross, uh, this was ten bucks. The jacket is 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 has definitely seen better days. It is battered, <laughs> it is torn. 
but um, the record's fine. Plays great. It was it was fantastic. It's all that matters in the end. Dude, the next one though, Stan Getz, his album Sweet Rain. This was uh, this I think this was like early '60s. This is this is fantastic stuff, man. I was I was in like this jazz mood all week, and I listened to this one twice. <laughs> it is so <laughs> fucking good. Like this guy Stan Getz has, has such a such an eclectic career and life and mm-hmm. and there's so much influence of of like bossa nova and and there's a lot of latin influence and whoever the drummer is i should have looked that up because the drummer's fantastic but just like the weird tempo changes mid song that he can do and then stan gets he plays the saxophone and he takes like a back seat sometimes and it's it was a really good album i was i was <laughs> i was really pleased it was like three bucks so that was good. I, no that's a great that's a steal right there that was good. Uh, I love right. finding the records that are so cheap like that. It's so nice. My last three that I got, same band, and uh, they're all used. I couldn't, I couldn't pass them up. But Creedence Clearwater, I got Green River. Oh. I got Willie and the Po Boys, and then bleeding into my song of the week, I got Cosmos Factory. I didn't know you got all three. I didn't. I thought you only got Cosmos. Yeah. Should we play your pick then? Yeah, play play my pick. Oh man. So I mean, set it up a little bit here. Cause you gotta buy me some time. I will. I will. I will buy you however much time you need. So I bought. I bought these three <laughs> because, like I said, they were used, and and it looks like Cosmos is old. So maybe not like a. I, I'm sure they've repressed it like 15 times, but maybe like in the earlier repressings, because the jacket doesn't look torn or nothing like that. But but the other ones look old as fuck. But I had to buy all three because when like you know what I mean like no I I get these it these are fucking fantastic albums and this band is just they were this band is ridiculous they had yeah. five albums like five fantastic albums in three years <laughs> it's pretty remarkable it's, it's it's truly remarkable it's it's clearly like the reason they broke up and like the reason for their demise and it's just it's insane like how much stuff that these guys wrote and and okay so uh, then also. A couple days ago, on June sixteenth, um, there was the fiftieth anniversary of Cosmos Factory, that's which nuts. is. But that that's like that's just crazy too. Fifty years ago, this fucking record was released, and it's still their their music is just like timeless. Like mm-hmm. every generation can enjoy Creedence Clearwater. It's it's just absolutely crazy, and the name Cosmos Factory comes from the the rehearsal slash recording studio that they that they recorded a lot of their music in. And it was so grueling that their drummer, Doug Clifford, also known as Cosmo, he called it the factories. Oh, we're going to go to the factory tonight. And so that's, they named it Cosmo's Factory, which is kind of funny because this was at the tail end of their, of their good career until they started (laughs) to really hate each other. And so that was, I I always thought that was kind of funny, but the song I I picked is Ramble Tamble. It's the opening track. And I mean, it's just, it's an absolute banger of a song. It's rock with great blues influences. It has these long instrumentation parts with plenty of tempo changes. It's an absolutely perfect song and possibly the best opener that they've done. And it's seven minutes long. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So here it is. Ramble Tamble by CCR.
There's Ramble Tamble. Damn. From Credence Clearwater Revival. It's so Factory. good. It is, dude. <laughs> it is. It's, oh, it's, every time I listen to this fucking record, it just... I've never gotten sick of it. Never, ever got sick of it. It's its amazing. His, <sighs> his like, little, little minimal usages of, like, the slides where he'll just play, like, a couple easy, easy riffs, but in between jumping from riff to riff, he'll throw, like, a really quick slide in there and... It, it, and like he verbs like his his voice and his guitar and i usually fucking hate it maybe i hate it because no one can do it like he can because it's so maybe, unique yeah. like just him but i i think I don't know, his guitar playing is just so perfect i know i know he i mean john fogarty was just he's remarkable it's it's just it's insane i don't even know i don't even know what else to say he's that good he's just amazing damn perfect album yeah yeah definitely it sucks because like I I've only I've only come across two CCR records since we started collecting, which was only which was only like two and a half weeks ago. But um, the one I came across was Cosmos Factory, which of course I snatched up. It was it looks like it is a reissue. I mean it was fairly cheap. I think it was like fifteen bucks, uh, and it w- it's in really good condition. So I am I assume it's a reissue. But then the, the only other one I've seen has been Mardi Gras. And you and I both know Mardi Gras is a shit record, so it's that, the only bad record they put out. That album has my favorite song by them, but it is a bad. I, I, I don't say it's bad, it's not but a it's very their good, worst. It's still even then, it's not a very good record. It's 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 okay at best. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll say it's okay. It's fine. I, I will yeah. I will buy it eventually if I see it, probably for like eight dollars or less. But I won't pay any more money than that, even though it has it does have my favorite song by them. Which song is that again? Someday Never Comes. Oh, yeah, that song. Damn, the emotional roller coaster, yeah. The one song that Fogarty wrote on it? (laughs) That was, uh, so like Mardi Gras was the album where where for years everyone had been complaining to to, to John saying, we want to write music, we want to thing, we want to do other things. And he was like, nah, 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 nah. That's not going to get us big. And they said, no, 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 we want to do it. And so finally he let him do it. And then Mardi Gras happened. <laughs> that was, was their last terrible. record, right? Yeah. Before Fogarty left. Yeah. He was, he, he was just tired. He was just done. Like he, he's, even though he was kind of a dick, like the more, the more I read about kind of what happened, the more like he's, he was smart because they would release so much damn music and they release singles where the A side is just as good as the B side. And, and the record company was telling him like, no, like split them up in two different singles. That way you're not wasting singles. And he was like, no, like I want to, I want to get all this out as, as fast as possible. Like compared to like the Beatles and Elvis who were, who, were, who did like the same type of thing. He said, no, I want to get all this out as fast as possible. So people just don't forget us. But then like they only lasted, you know, five or six years. 
Yeah, it's crazy how but, short of a time they were a, a proper band. Dude, five albums. Five at least number <laughs> two albums in two years. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's remarkable. Truly <laughs> remarkable. Plus touring and, they're still, and everything. And they're still one of those bands that are still... They don't get enough credit. They really don't. I mean, they should be up there with with Zeppelin, with with Sabbath, with all the big, big bands, but they're never, like, not even close to those. I don't, not honestly, I don't, I don't know why, and I th- I think maybe just because their their sound is so, is so, like, geographical, even though they're not from the bayou, but it's so yeah. bayou sounding, but that's like a, like, yeah, these guys are, sound like, that they genre created. defining, exactly, like, nobody <laughs> else has ever sound. sounded like them. Yeah. I, I don't or understand maybe, either. maybe it's because John Fogarty was the only outstanding member in the band like zeppelin i guess had bonham they had he had they had all four members who were equally great and the same goes with sabbath you know all four of them were equally great that's true but it was just john fogarty who was great honestly not really saying everybody else was bad because they weren't bad it's just john was just so much better yeah it's crazy crazy shit i love cosmos factory i listened to it on on the 50th anniversary as well that's probably going to be one of my picks of the week in the next couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Throwing it out there. Spoilers. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get into to what I got. Uh, what I got this week. Mine is pretty different because, you know, I, I, I don't. I'm, I, most of these releases aren't old releases. They're all newer stuff that I bought. And uh, the first one I think I got here was uh, AFI. I got. Oh, that's right. Well, okay. We haven't talked so about AFI much, yet? No, we have. So, uh, and I'll tell you why in a sec. So I, I kind of wanted this week. I kind of wanted to go back and get my favorite record from each of my favorite bands, like if they're if they're reasonable at least. Like Blink One Eighty Two, I couldn't get my three favorite my three favorite Blink records because from what I was reading, the Self Unentitled and the Neighborhoods albums, unless you get like the special like colored vinyl, it doesn't sound that great. And then the Toy Page one is like expensive, so. I didn't get any Blink vinyl. Will you buy the Toy Page vinyl if it doesn't contain any bonus songs? I'd prefer not to, but I don't think if I, will. I could find a cheap copy, it depends on the price. Yeah, I guess that's like true. if it's under if it's under like if it's like fifteen, maybe twenty bucks, I'd get it. But I, I'd stick out for the or I'd just keep my eyes open for the the deluxe one. Yeah, but but yeah, so uh, so yeah, so I got my favorite AFI record. Uh, and that's Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes. Uh, it's my all-time favorite. Uh, but my fir- the first record I ever got, like I said last week, was Answer That and Stay Fashionable. So now I have my two favorite AFI records, which is great. And I love it. And the Shut Your Mouth record sounds great. And this vinyl uh, version actually has their cover of uh, Last Caress from Misfits. So oh, that's, that's right. Cool too. That's, yeah, so, that's so rad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a rad cover. I mean, I've, known, I've, heard, I've heard the cover years and years and years ago. So it's, it wasn't anything new. But it was still, it was a nice surprise because I expected it to end, I think it was Coin Return, I think the last record, last song on it. But but yeah, so I expected it just to stop, but then it continued on. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, that's great. So it's I was super stoked. Spotify doesn't have that song. No, it doesn't. Fucking you just have useless. to go like on YouTube and shit. But yeah. But yeah, their, their version of Last Caress, it's it's really cool. It's I mean, it sounds like the original, but it's <laughs> with Davey's vocals, really. And it's it's cool. Um, and also the artwork, the artwork for Shut Your Mouth is one of my favorite, my favorite cover art and like back 
cover art and everything really? that of all time. I love that show your mouth and open your eyes. It's one of, it's probably it probably is my favorite, yeah. If not top two or three, yeah. I I've always loved it. I've always wanted to get that tattooed on me somewhere. That and like the all or the All Hollows uh E P cover art, I like that one a lot too. I think like as as far as our early stuff goes, that one and very proud of you are are like my least favorites. But everything else I, is exponentially better. Really? Like even like Black Sails, it's so it's so oh, I love basic and it's too. so uh, I don't know, it's so done, right? It's, it's yeah. been done so many times, but it's still it's still great. But I don't know, that's that I don't I think Shut Your Mouth and Very Proud of You are the two I guess worst runs. Really? That's weird. I I think I like it because it has that that old that old kind of like 1930s look to it. And I've always kind of like gravitated towards that that kind of style, I guess, and that that look. And then I look, I tried looking at like years ago. I tried looking up um, where the uh, where that art came from because I would like I was interested in in seeing the other artists' work. I could not find anything anywhere. There's like nothing about where their artwork came from. And then one time when I met Jeff Kresge, I actually asked him. I said, I, I know you didn't play on this record, but I know that you were still a part of it part of the record like doing backup vocals and all that stuff so i asked him like do you know anything about the artwork for shut your mouth and he said as far as he can remember it was they they took the art from like some old like lunch pail or lunch box from like the 80s or something like that it was something okay super fucking bizarre there's a cool story with that's different that's 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 totally different because once once you like ask the the bass player who used to play in the band where this came from and he he has some weird story that he can barely remember well, he, that, he didn't play bass on this new, record, though. Well, I know, but he was in the band prior to this. Yeah. And for him to shed light on the album ty- or on the album artwork, but even still, like he's a little fuzzy on it. Like that's just that that adds to the mystique. I mean, the album artwork is is unique. I'll I'll give it that. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the top of my head, I think there's like somebody laying down on the bottom of it, or yeah, like a devil or something. Yeah, and then there's like the 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 kid's head in the corner too. He's like blowing. Isn't the kid blowing at something or like spitting or something? Yeah, no. Well, he's not spitting. He's just, I'm looking at it right now. So there's, there's a kid floating through the air and then there's a little devil in the, in the bottom right corner. And then like the kid in the foreground kind of like looking at the person floating in the air. (laughs) It's super fucking weird. And then the back, the back of the record is like the devil, like a, like the classic devil depiction from like the early 1900s. And he's like presenting the songs to you. Oh, Oh, it's so cool, man. But Regardless, it is it is still a good album, and it's not my favorite of their of their earlier ones, but it's still a damn fine album, and it's a good pickup. Yeah, so I, I was super happy about it. it. Sounds great on vinyl. The only record that doesn't sound good is I, I actually I'll talk about it next week because it, I bought yeah, it after, so geez. I'll just talk about it next week. Yeah. So uh, so then the other the next one I got, I got this one. I picked this one up from Analog Records. Uh, I just picked this up, picked this one up because it's the first one I've seen from this band, and that's at the drive-in, and it's their their last record that they put out, Interalia, back in 2017. I think that's when it came out. I think it's a fantastic record. I think it's wildly underrated, and it sounds so fucking good because like on the on the the recording, Omar plays guitar on one one side, and then Keely plays the guitar on the other side, and just they're both playing different things and it's just dude it's such a great fucking record and everybody on this album kills it every member just kills it on their instrument 
I think it's it's a great record. Highly I, underrated. I didn't I didn't care for it too. I didn't hate it, but I definitely didn't care for it too much when it came out. I really should get back into it, but I don't it's know, just, man. You, you have to you have to kind of go in like understanding it's not going to sound like Relationship of Command. It's not going to sound like uh, Acrobatic Tenement or... Um, in Casino Out. In Casino Out. It's not going to sound like any of that. I mean, you have to understand these guys. This is like almost 20 years later. <laughs> so it's like they're not going to sound like that. They're not going to have that same kind of energy, but it's still impressive what they were able to pull off. And especially considering Jim Ward wasn't even on this record. And he was a big part of the songwriting. And Keeley came in and fucking killed it. So I, I, I think it's, it's fantastic. So yeah, that was, I got out the drive-ins into Alia. It sounds great on this fucking record player. Uh, this one, this next one was a bargain bin, uh, from analog records. Uh, it's earth, wind and fire. I got their record. Oh yeah, that's right. Cheap. It's killer, man. It was a dollar. Yeah, it was a A fucking dollar. dollar. (laughs) Yeah. So I was super, Oh, it's fucking great. Absolutely. (laughs) You can't go wrong with earth, wind and fire. So (laughs) see, I got that one, uh, called spiritual, uh, this other one here I got also got from Analog Records, and it's uh, it's from this jazz artist named uh, Rasan Roland Kirk. I had never heard of him, but I was going through the jazz section at Analog, and it was like eight dollars, or no, it was seven dollars. And it said it said something like, what did it say on the label? It said something like, read the back for something impressive or something stupid <laughs> like that. So then I, I took it out, I flipped it around, I read. And I was impressed, so I bought the record. You know, what, is, what did it say on the back? So all it said was, like, you know, he's this jazz, essentially along the lines, like, he's a jazz musician, and he plays all of his own instruments at the same time, and some of them at the same time. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm easily, like, I'm a sucker for this. Like, this, this has to be cool. Like, it just has to. So I bought it, and, you know, I put it on, and it's, it's, it's definitely cool. It's a little bit more, like, more avant-garde than I would normally like but there's no drummer on it or there's like this percussion player on it but he only plays on a few songs but everything else is uh is this guy and um and I've I've looked him up and he was he was a well-known jazz musician and known for being like this like not revolutionary but like this very unique multi-instrumentalist within the jazz community and very very well respected and even in live he would play multiple instruments at once but he was mostly known for playing like the tenor sax and uh, and I forgot what the, there was another instrument, but I forgot what it was. But you know, it's pretty solid. It, it's a cool listen, but sometimes it could be like, like, what the fuck is going on? Like I just don't understand it. <laughs> but then but then he'll like go back into like something more traditional, so it like catches your attention again. But then he'll just go off making these sounds, and you're like, these aren't even like notes, <laughs> like, or they probably are. I just I've never heard it. So it's just, it's a bizarre record, but it, it was a cool little pickup for seven bucks. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Oh, and the the record I got was a, it's called natural black, natural black inventions, root strata. That's the name of the record. So, and, and it has like pretty good reviews too from, uh, from like within the jazz community, which is kind of cool. And then, uh, my big one here, this is my favorite record of all time. I finally picked it up. I, I bit the bullet and I paid a little <laughs> bit extra for this one just because it is my favorite record of all time. And that's corn in their self-titled record. I had, I just had to get it. And so it's two, it's two LPs, four sides. Jeez. The last song, the last song, daddy has its own side on side D. And, um, dude, it sounds fucking great. Like when you crank it up with these speakers, Oh my God, it sounds so good. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. So, 
I mean, and, I, and, I laugh, but I, I, if I see it out there in, in the wild, you knew because I, I saw it once at a record store. And it was, it was like twenty five dollars, and so if I see it again, I'll, I'll, I'll probably pick it up. You should man, you should. And then I was reading the the because I haven't read these liner notes in probably since I was like in middle school, you know, when I and I had the actual CD and everything. So it was cool, like going back and reading like the thanks, who they thank, and everything, who each band member thanks, and uh, and it was cool because in this one they thanked the band thanked Electric Love Hogs. If you don't know who they are, that's Feldy, our boy Feldy, John Feldman. It was his metal band before Goldfinger, and Corn used to open up for Electric Love Hogs back in like the early early nineties, like before they put out their first record. Dang. So they thanked them because they were. I apparently good friends and they think to the other couple another couple of people but I've heard that like weird people I wouldn't have expected I think you said I lit too were. didn't they think lit yeah it was lit yeah <laughs> lit. that's <laughs> that right was, that was that was strange and bizarre yeah but I I know later on this wasn't in like the thank you notes but I know later on they were really good friends with Sugar Ray and they used to tour with Sugar Ray all the time back when they first started so that that was weird too but I don't know if I ever anyway. told you like just like a side mm-hmm. note but my my stepdad's sister she uh she was big in like the orange county music scene mm-hmm. and and she's hung out with a lot of different when i say hang out like she would drink and smoke weed and and get high with a lot of different orange county bands but um one of them she used to go and and party with a lot was a drummer from lit hmm yeah and there was there was a lot of a lot of times where i guess she would tell like my mom when when her and my stepdad were first dating uh, something about like, hey, I'm at a party or whatever. You should come, and and it's it's a it's a the drummer from Lit his house, and here we are or whatever. So that's <laughs> that's so weird. It's interesting. <laughs> that is. <laughs> it's weird how all these bands they're not as big as we think they are. No, it's so it's so it's so geographical. Weird. But even but okay, so even then, right? Like Orange County scene's bigger than the fucking Idaho scene. True. Or no, the, I, yeah. Or any of those states that aren't California. Yeah, no. So, I mean, it's it's very so these true. Band, these bands are bigger than we think they are. Yeah, but they're still like, it's it's pretty crazy how accessible they are. You know, like we can go to Slide Bar and see one of the guys from Lit because he owns the place. Yeah, you know, he's always there. The, the what is it, the the singer and guitar player they own they co or no the, just the guitar player owns the Slide Bar, and then or like you know you can go to Program Skate Skate Shop Record Store in Fullerton and that's co owned by Ephraim from Death by Stereo. You know, it's just like you can go to these little spots and just run into these people. Maybe that's just like that Southern California lifestyle of just there's man, I hate to even just like say this word, but there's so many celebrities out there <laughs> that it's just it's just a part of life. And it's it's not like you don't get starstruck just because they're 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 everywhere. Yeah. Even though they're I not so. nobody's a celebrity. Ever. Yeah, that that yeah, it's stupid. It's a stupid term. I think we like, should be that popular. I think like I would be I would be nervous if I met Tony Hawk, but that <laughs> might be it. <laughs> I think okay, so I think we've talked about this on the pod before, but there are like a small handful of people where I can never imagine myself meeting just because they are so legendary. Oh, you like know? De Niro, uh, well, Paul McCartney. Well, I was thinking more musicians, but yeah, like Paul McCartney. I don't know what I would do if I was in a room with Paul McCartney or if I was in a room with Jimmy Page or Robert Plant or, you know, Tony Iommi or these people who are so legendary. I just, I can never imagine myself in a position like that. (laughs) 
Like they're, they're to me they're 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 beyond celebrity. It's weird. I don't know. Like I can go and meet, I can go meet Tom DeLonge and I'm fine because I have met him and it was totally fine. It was cool. I've met Omer. He was really awkward, but it was whatever. It was cool. But yeah, just meeting somebody legendary like that, I just I can't I couldn't do it. I don't know if I could possibly be in the same room as them. It'd be too weird for me. I think like the biggest problem. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a problem, but like, I don't, I don't like meeting celebrities because, man, I hate, I hate calling people celebrities. It's so dumb. <laughs> I hate meeting people that are that are that are unnecessarily famous because what am I going to talk about? How yeah. much I like what they've done? Like, who gives a fuck? Stupid. Yeah, that's true. Like, do they really want to talk about that again? <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. No, that's a great point. It's a great point. Like, it, it's so the. It, I'm at a point now if I if I meet somebody I'm just say hey I really like you know whatever it is that you do I'm a big fan is it cool if I take a picture with you and then I leave like it's it's like done within a minute and that's it like I because I don't want to waste their fucking time and I've I've noticed like they don't want to fucking talk to you for ten minutes so no especially about some shit they they've talked about every with every person they've ever met the same exactly. thing the same conversation like what more could you possibly have to say. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, it's 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 uncomfortable. Like I like I didn't used to be uncomfortable walking up to somebody like a a, a celebrity or musician, but nowadays it's just the last time the last person I ran into was Kyle Gass. That was a few years ago, but that was like I didn't want to bother him, but just I wanted to to say you know I'm a huge fan and I want to take a picture, but that was uncomfortable because <laughs> he was there seeing his friend's band play and his friend's band was playing while he took a picture with me. Anyway. I, I think just I'm making this up right now, but I think as my new rule, if I meet somebody famous at any place that serves alcohol, I'm going to ask them if they want to take a shot. <laughs> Even if they're like recovering or whatever it is. Oh my God. That's everybody. So I just, uh, they can take a shot, whatever they want. It doesn't have to be alcohol. <laughs> just whatever. I'm thinking, I think that's my new thing. I'm just asking them if they want to take a shot. I say no. Yeah, but, and then say, cool. Have a good life. And then take but, off. But also, how many people are you going to meet out in Phoenix? I, I don't. I don't go anywhere either. So besides, like Jimmy World, <laughs> who else are you going to? Who else are you going to? Who else are you going to see? Oh my! Okay, my my second rule: if I ever see Jim Atkins, I, I know what he looks like because he's a very disgruntled looking man. But if I ever <laughs> see him out in the wild, I'm going to ask him if they're that band that opened up for Green Day back in the day. Oh my God! That would be the best. <laughs> So disrespectful. Oh, that would be the best. Oh, hey, didn't you? Hey, I went. I saw Green Day. Were you the band that opened up for them? Like back in 05? Oh, dude, that'd be so good. That'd be so good. Yeah. And then if you started to see him get mad, would you say, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I, I would I would tell him, yes. <laughs> but, I, but I would remind him that they peaked at Clarity. <laughs> You're such a dickhead. <laughs> but it's so true they did. Oh, fuck. <sighs> okay, so I, I got, got I got I got four got? More, I know I I got four more records. So uh, I got the Postal Service record give up oh, their only so record. Good. It sounds fucking great. Oh, I love it. It it's just is a record that never gets old to me either. It's it sounds just perfect. So I got that one um got that one new. I got it online. Uh the next one I got was the Sound of Music soundtrack. I got this from Analog in Orange. Uh this is in the used bin. It was like three dollars i think it was, yeah it was three dollars yeah, i see that one a lot too yeah so i picked it up why not great soundtrack so um 
sounds good. No, no issues with it. Some crackling on it, but no scratches, no, no skipping or anything like that. So it's solid. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. I got yeah. their, their latest record, uh, Shiny and Oh So Bright Volume 1. And um, I think it's a solid record. A lot of people bitch about it, but Smashing Pumpkin fans are like some of the worst fans in the world. They're, <laughs> they, they might be worse. No, they are worse than Tool fans. They are literally the worst fans in the fucking world. And I, I honestly really like modern Smashing Pumpkins. And I just, and I'll fight anyone who are they just like with that. Are they just really, really like pretentious about their band? Well, like Billy Corgan back in the '90s, he he kind of came off of kind of as kind of pretentious, but it was him more was being like he was and he wasn't. Like he wanted to just people to to hear things other things outside of melancholy, outside of that record, and outside of Siamese Dream. He wanted to, people to to hear other music and art that he was doing outside of that but nobody was was wanting to hear it and like he was getting it was more of like out of frustration yeah he was he was upset that the that the scene in what chicago was was a bad scene and he shit on the fans and the and the town that have supported him for for years but fans are pretty shitty like they but then he also like he also makes it worse for himself because he he lets he kind of like lets it be known that the trolls get to him so then people like oh, double yeah. down, you know, and it, it, it that kind of sucks. But I, I still I like Billy Corgan a lot. I think he's a very honest person, even though he, he can be frustrating at times. He's I, I respect his honesty as like a, a musician and what I see in interviews. So I, I like that about him. I respect your word choice of not calling someone a dick. You calling them a you call them, you're saying that they just get frustrated. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people get frustrated. That's very because I. Mean, um, I that's very that's very on the fence. the fence. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the master of writing fences. Yes. We all know that. But yeah, no, I, I think this record's great, and I'm excited for the volume two of it that's supposed to come out this year. Oh my! There's another volume coming out. Well, this is eight songs, and oh. then the next one, I, I think the next how, one's going to be those twelve songs. songs. Though, like fucking twenty-five minutes long. I think, each? No, I think the record is like thirty-two minutes. It's fairly short, especially for a Pumpkins record. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. Rick Rubin produced it too, so I don't know if that means anything to you. I but mean, I like it a lot, and okay. and Jimmy Chamberlain, I think Jimmy Chamberlain it might be like a top. Ugh. No, he's a top ten drummer for me. Top All ten time. drummer for me. Like your favorite, or do you think just like actually objectively? Well, he's my he's my favorite. Like favorite top ten. I think he's a I think he's a pretty underrated drummer too. He he does a lot of things that are very nuanced and jazzy and. I like his style a lot. His style of play is so swingy. It's very much like um it's very much like uh Tim Alexander from Primus. They kinda have that same kind of like swing to their to their sound and their okay. playing, which I like a lot. And I feel like that he that adds a ton of character to the pumpkins. And when he didn't play with the pumpkins on, on like a few of the records, it showed. It really, really showed. Because like Tommy Lee played on a pumpkins record once. Ugh. And I mean it's an okay record, but it's definitely like their worst. So I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I got that, and then um, the last one I got here is uh, is last new record I got this week is uh, Tiger Army. Oh, that's I got right. My, I got my favorite record from them, The Power of Moonlight, their second record. Jeff Kresge on bass, stand up bass, killing it. Of course, it's a pretty good record though. Oh, it's a fucking amazing record, front to back. It does not stop. That's the one with it's the just, in the orchard, right? Yeah, in the yeah, orchard. that's a good song. Yeah. And the title track, Power of Moonlight, is pretty good. Yeah. Oh man, dude, it's a it's a great great song. I have a great album. 
Um, and I, I don't, I can't recommend it highly enough. You know, it's just, it's a, it's the perfect amount of psycho, bit like rockabilly and punk rock and, it's great. It's a fantastic record. So I, I'd recommend people even just checking out it if you've never heard it. So get into that. Um, and then my, my pick of the week, uh, I, I touched upon it briefly last week, but I didn't actually listen to this record until this week. And that's Charlie Daniels. I got two of his oh, records. Yeah. Um, one, this one, right. So the first one I got was called Night Rider. That was the record. And I just, I thought it was good, but it was, the songs were kind of hit or miss. But this next one that I got is called Uneasy Rider. That's the name of it. So apparently it's really weird and kind of stupid, but this this one from Charlie Daniels, it was originally, the song was called Funky Junkie. And the song Funky Junkie was originally on the album Honey in the Rock, which came out in 1973. In May 1973, under, I forgot the name of the record label, and then it was re-released under Epic Records in 1975, and then they renamed the record Uneasy Rider. So it's really fucking stupid. I don't know why they <laughs> I, and then they and then Charlie Daniels redid this song Funky Junkie slowed it down significantly and uh and tweaked it a little bit and that was on his uh it was actually on the Night Rider record the one I talked about last week but it's it's kind of confusing and weird but if you don't know who Charlie Daniels is he's one of the greatest country artists I would say of all time and uh he started making music back in 1958 up until this year when he passed away like less than a month ago just a couple weeks ago he died but um, but um, but um, but um, but this um, song I, the song I chose is, is Funky Junkie from Uneasy Rider, and dude, it's a fucking banger. So here you go. There you go, funky junkie from Charlie Daniels. 
dude what did you think of that it's uh, so charlie daniels i got one of their albums too uh, a couple weeks ago and um i couldn't find obviously i was looking for the devil went down in georgia couldn't yeah. find it i said fuck it i'm already like looking at them this is only like five dollars i'll pick this up it was their album fire in the mountain and it was it was so much better than I ever could have possibly imagined. Oh, that's great. And it's just like this band is, is man, it just sucks that they've been kind of pushed into this corner of, of our generation into just having one big banger because yeah. the, the Funky Junkie, dude, that that's a banger. Like this band is so <laughs> fucking good. They're amazing. They're, they, have this, they have a full band sound. They can go from fast to slow, country to rock, from bluegrass to to actual just straight blues music. It's incredible how talented these guys were. Yeah, or Charlie Daniels because he wrote most of it. Specifically, yeah, Charlie Daniels. Yeah, it's but I mean I'm I'm just blown away by how how much I've missed. I guess I know I feel the same fucking way because I mean you can't deny Devil Went Down to Georgia is an amazing amazing oh, song for sure. But it just sucks, like you said. Like it's almost like we got gypped out of everything good, everything else that he's done well, you know. Yeah. Just because we're we've just we only think of Devil Went Down to Georgia, and I mean this record, Uneasy Rider. I, I mean, like I said, the Night Rider record was good, but it was hit or miss. But so like when I put on Uneasy Rider this week, I was just thinking like, okay, I haven't listened to this record yet. I'm like, I was already in this mindset of like, I'm gonna like some of these songs and it'll be okay. But then it was just like banger after fucking banger. I just, I it even, it even got to the point where I stopped the record and I looked to make sure I had the right record. <laughs> I literally stopped it to see if I had if this was the Charlie Daniels record because I didn't think it was him. I did not think it was. It was so vastly different from the Night Rider one. Oh my god, this record is so good. I highly recommend Uneasy Rider from Charlie Daniels. I see it's fucking great. I see Hunting the Rock, that album. I mean, looking at the, the cover art, there's a couple of places that I go to. I see that album at the store. So next time oh, okay. I go there, I'm going to pick it up. Yeah, it's um, the same record. But but you should pick up Fire on the Mountain as well. Honestly, I'm going to pick up any Charlie Daniels record I come across. There you like, go. I, I've, I have no reason not to, to be honest. I just, I don't. Any, I mean, and then these two Charlie Daniels records I got, they were, they were a dollar each from the bargain bin. But I I do need to get for this one because the uneasy writer one from that the song is from my record like the the jacket is all fucked up and like the it's only close it's only o- closed on two parts of the actual jacket like it's like ripped open yeah and then the record itself has no sleeve at all oh so, yeah I know so I need to I need to you know I mean luckily that is them. a that is a fairly common album in like the bargain bins yeah so you can just pick or you can just buy a sleeve. They're, yeah, they're I'm just gonna quarter. buy a sleeve. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, if I buy them in bulk, it's that'll be fine. But yeah, so that kind of sucks. But other than that, it it was a great find, and I'm, I do not regret buying this one. It's at just all. like at what point did Charlie Daniels, to a certain generation, become? Because because Devil Went Down to Georgia, that was like the last of the '70s. That was either like '78 or '79 that came out, and then that was that became like the band. Maybe it was just mm-hmm. because when you release something that great, then everything else you've done kind of becomes just second best, no matter how good it is. I think it was more because it was so popular, and I maybe it just it had to be, it had to have been because of that because of the popularity of it. Great song though. 
Great band. Great Man, band. Great fucking band. And they did on, on the end of the Fire in the Mountain album. There's two live songs on my version at least, and one is like 11 minutes, and then the other one's Orange Blossom Special, which is three minutes. And so for the final like five minutes of the album, it's just straight instrumental, and it just goes from fast to slow, and it's 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 amazing. It's absolutely <sighs> amazing. What's it called? Fire on the Mountain. You said yeah. Similar to like in the in the fucking uh, Devil Down in Georgia song, Fire on the Mountain, Run Boy Run. Oh yeah, <laughs> but did Fire in the Mountain come out before? Yeah, whatever record Devil yep. Down in Georgia. Yeah. Okay, it was like seventy five or seventy four. Fire in the Mountain was. What album was Devil Went Down to Georgia then? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but I know it was the last album they did in the seventies. Okay. <sighs> All right. Well, that's it for for my vinyl this week. Um, a lot of good pickups. A lot of good pickups. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Pickups. I'm happy. I'm very happy with uh, with my my stuffs. <sighs> okay, so let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? We got some new music. We're moving on from our vinyl shit. So we're gonna wrap this up pretty quick. Do you want to play any of these songs out of these three? I didn't have my notes open, but probably That's not because right, I, I want to play. I want to play one of them. It's it's a minute long. So. No, you want to play the Josh Freeze ones? Go ahead, play the Josh yeah, Freeze one. Well, first. Uh, a new album, Bush. Uh, they put out a new album called Man. The Kingdom. I know you're not a Bushman. I know you're not. I know you're not, Jeff. Every time. I know, and I don't know what it is. I was thinking about it yesterday. I listened to this record yesterday on my run, and I thought, this is one of this is the only time in my life where I've never, ever been able to defend me liking something. Like, I, I love corn, and I can defend, I could defend why I like them, but me liking Bush, I don't. I don't know why I like them. <laughs> and I was truly trying to think yesterday, what is it about this band that I that I go back to and I I enjoy listening to? And I could not think of anything. There's like literally nothing there that I would normally like, but for some reason, I listen. I just don't get it. I don't right. get Bush. I mean, it's as, weird. As long as you, as long as you can accept your stupidity in that. That's fine. I, I have. I honestly have. That's fine. I really don't know why. I mean, I like it's not Bush. fine, but I guess I really fine. don't know why I like Bush. I don't get it. But they're I so dumb, man. <laughs> I just can't. I, I can't. they're so dumb. It's just so stupid. It's just so. It, it's almost in its own genre of how stupid it is. <laughs> mind you, mind you, I, it's not like I go and listen to Bush like every day. It's like every once in a while I think, oh, you know, I haven't heard this song in a long time. So I'll go put on the album that that yeah. song is from and I'll enjoy myself. <laughs> so it's not like I'm constantly listening to Bush. Good it's Lord, just... strike me down if there's ever a day where I, where I sit around and think, you know what? I haven't listened to Bush in a while. I'm going to put that on. <laughs> I really don't get it. I don't smite know what's wrong me, with me. Almighty Smiter. <laughs> and I like this new record. I thought it was pretty good. Oy. I don't know. I enjoyed my listen, my listen through of it. But anyway, yeah, they put out a new album called The Kingdom. Get into it, man. If you, if you're if you're into Bush, get into The Kingdom. I don't know. Get into the old stuff too. I don't care. Do whatever you want. <sighs> okay. So what we got in here? Um, we've talked about this in the past. Josh Freeze, the drummer for so many fucking bands, Vandals, Devo, you name it. He's been in it. Uh, he's played drums for them. Uh, so he he's doing this thing where he's doing these one minute quickies where he just writes a one-minute song and posts it on his Instagram, and he'll sometimes make a video for it, and sometimes he won't. And they're fun, and they're weird sometimes, and I like this one. This one's called Get Help. Um, so, yeah, here it is from uh, Josh Freeze, if it fucking loads. 
Josh Freeze. Woo, there you go. He played everything. He sang on it, he played guitar, bass, drums. It's all him. And he he hashtagged this one uh Vandal's demo. So that's kind of cool too. It was a Vandal's demo. Mm. Can't complain, right? It's so good? No, I I have nothing negative to say about it. <laughs> you're not you're just not a big Josh Freeze fan, that's the thing. It's not it wasn't a great song. It was not gonna go down the history, but it was good. Yeah, and good. and if this ended a Vandal's record, like I'd be fucking happy. It was cool, like have Dave sing on it and have some weird, like wonky little guitar parts in it. Nothing, nothing negative. I, it's fun. It has, it has everything I want from, I guess, Josh and anything Vandal's related. It's yeah. fine. It's good. Yeah, the Vandal's are great. Also, follow Josh Freeze on Instagram because he's fucking weird and he's hilarious. And check it out. He's cool. Uh, MXPX, they put out a new song called Fever Dream. Did you listen to it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of whatever. Yeah. It, right? it, I think the last one they put out was Worry. And mm. um, that that song's that song's good. Like, Worry's so fucking good. <laughs> I don't remember I don't remember that song. Like, like, top 10 MXPX, good. What? Fantastic song. But this one, uh, this one's fine. It's, I don't know. Maybe I just, thought it was pretty run-of-the-mill. MXP. Yeah, it, it was it was fine. Yeah. Do you want me to play it or nah? No, no, nah. No. Okay. You hate when I play. You hate when I play music. I know there hasn't been anything that's like really. <laughs> <clears throat> Honestly, I think the last one was the MXPX song "Worry," and that was like months ago. Yeah. Damn. Negative Nancy over there. So this last thing we have here is the the band that old band uh, from like the seventies, I think, called Canned Heat. They put out a song with William Shatner called Let's Work Together. Do you want to play this one? No. No? You didn't like it? You're not a Shatnerman anymore? Just, I've, I've only ever liked like two things. One was that that kind of cover that he did with that, that pulp song, Common People, which everybody Ooh, fucking loves. And then just like maybe one or two tracks from his Christmas album. Other than that, the guy, I still don't know if he, if he's doing a long con or if he's just insane. Like I don't He's like Harrison Ford in that aspect. I don't This I, might I don't be know. the this might be the longest long con of all time. <laughs> because he's been long conning us for so long. I mean since the 60s. I I honestly don't know. Yeah. He's an interesting fellow. That's it, for sure. Interesting, yes, for absolutely, but I mean this this song is just whatever. Yeah. I a, this is this is this is a throwaway song. But Canned Heat, they're a pretty cool band, so I, I recommend go ch- going to go check them out. They're, they're a cool band from the, I think they're from the 60s and 70s, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. But one of my old coworkers that I worked with at the ambulance company, he uh, he turned me on to them. 
So that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so that that's it for new music. Uh, there's no really no music news, but one thing I wanted to mention to kind of round it out, uh, my my soccer team Real Madrid they oh, won yeah. they won La Liga they won they beat Barcelona. They just they're the best team of all time. You just they're they're the best. So congratulations well, to them. What do you mean wool? I mean I don't know if like the best team of all time. They are the best team of all time. Like just I this year? I think, no, I think like of all time. I think they are the most. They've won like the most titles of their league of champion or like European league of. I think they literally are the best team of all time. That's well, nah. in soccer, nah, or football. Football, yeah. North Americano. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cool. no, it's great. I'm, I'm glad they won. They they're a great fucking team. They have a great team. They have one of the greatest coaches of all time in Zinedine Zidane. I think Ronaldo's very surprised that you still like the team even after your boy left. I think that's that's a big shocker to all of us. To, to or you mean just to you? No, I mean I've I've gotten a lot of texts and, and phone calls about it. So I, I oh, think I'm sure it's, you um, have. Yeah, I, I think it's very. Um, <laughs> It's surprising, but I, you know, I, I respect it. It's fine. I do miss Ronaldo, though. He, too, that guy was just unbelievable. He, was he okay. is unbelievable. I've seen better, but he's just right. okay. Dude, you get the fuck out of here. You're so stupid. I don't know why you say dumb things like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we have any fans that, that enjoy soccer, they're probably just like, they probably they their agree hands with me. No, they probably agree with me. They're, they're probably so upset and. Like you can't deny he he's not like one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. I mean that there's no denying that he is not like even top three greatest of all time. Yeah, like you. I mean, you can argue, of course, like but Brazilian so Ronaldo and all that. Love shit. it. He's like uh, better than Messi. Who, that's who, sure. who else is fun to hate? I don't know. LeBron Vader? James. Vader? LeBron, yeah. Le- Kobe. Uh, uh, no, uh, what's his name from the Yankees? Uh, oh, Derek, uh, Jeter. Nobody hates Jeter. You probably think no, A-Rod. I, I, yeah, Alex Rod. Yeah, A-Rod. Fuck A-Rod. A-Rod's a little beasy. <laughs> A-Rod's a Bocephus. Oh, he is a Bocephus. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I do Bocephus. Definitely Bocephus. He's fucking A-Rod. Just not good. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <sighs> all right, well, that's it for Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Check out the main episode because we're getting into the Aqua album Aquarium. And that's it. That's all.